Welcome to Janan ICF Love All podcast, a podcast about how to live a God-fearing life. Each episode addresses how to use the Bible to answer real-life situations that allow us to demonstrate real Christian love. Now, here's your host, Pastor Joe Summers. Welcome. Welcome, everyone. Uh, we have today our first guest of our podcast, uh, Dwayne Golden, a friend of mine from many years ago uh, from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Uh, I think that you can probably relate to him and that many of you are in a different country than where you were born. And, and he lived in Columbia, uh, South America, for several years with his wife and family. And um, he's going to talk to us today about values, about values. Uh, as we know that there are people always say that things are not what they used to be. Mm -hmm. But in fact, we know that things never change. That's what Proverbs says. Mm -hmm. So let's welcome Dwayne in and uh, let's get a little more information about what he's doing now. And then he can talk to us about values and how it affects our everyday life today. Thanks for having me, uh, Joe. Mr. Summers, it's a pleasure. As um, it has been a year, many years since we saw each other face to face, but it's always good to see you online discussing some of the things you guys are doing in China with your ministry and other things you're doing to enhance the power, the lives of other people. So always been a big fan of that, sir. Well, thank you very much. Uh, we do enjoy it and we have been blessed. Now, so, as I understand it, you're living in China, and I did not go to China. I should have. I've been through, like, Japan, um, India, other parts. You know, I've got right, right at, like, 14 kilometers from the Pakistani line, South Korea. I did a lot of travel with my business, but I'd never had the pleasure of going to China. And we ended up in Colombia because out of all the travels throughout Europe and Central and South America and Asia, the most enjoyable, peaceful, non, uh, non busy place for to live was has been Colombia. I've always enjoyed it. So I imagine you're really enjoying yourself. Oh, most definitely. I I enjoy China. I enjoy Janan. Uh, mm -hmm. Just so you know, um, Janan is very near the birthplace of Confucius. So wow. uh, okay. and education has been a a uh, proud um principle of people who live in Shandong. So uh, mm. it, it's worked for us. That's great. That's great. So and when it comes uh, to your podcast, it comes to your when it comes to your podcast, one of the things that intrigued me is some of the topics that you have, they're all under the umbrella of you know uh living not just living as human beings but doing so as if I understood your podcast correctly under the uh, the under the umbrella of living your life for God or walking with God as such. And so that intrigued me. I'm not sure where you want to go with the podcast, but as your guest, you can count on me. I certainly will be transparent and share uh, whatever is on my heart. Okay. Well, yes, uh, it is sponsored by our church. And uh, but let, let's start off with uh, what's your, I know you have a ministry background. 
So what is your ministry background? I think it's got about 35 years ministry background. If I well, remember correctly. Man, yeah, I don't remember having that conversation with you, but it is true. Um, I started off, I got, I got saved as a 12 year old and got involved with ministry early on and, and had a great privilege for uh, my younger years from the age of 16 to say, let's say like 40 had the great privilege to being a part of some ministries that included reaching out to young people. And at the same time, uh, a senior ministry to look out and, and share love with people who um, live in senior, have senior living and have some other things like that. Then I got, did some things, prison ministries out in Chicago area in Cook County. Um, and I've taught Sunday school since from the age of 16 to the age of 40 or 41. And I just had a lot of years of it. And then once we got away from that, once my wife and all of our kids were growing by our, by our mid forties, we began to do ministry in different ways in our travels and, um, was to this date. And, um, we raised our children in ministry from from cleaning the church, the counting ministry, you know, the finance ministry to the music ministry to, you know, uh, being part of every part of of services possible so they could understand the responsibility of living isn't just to enjoy and gather up material things. But certainly it is so that we can be of service and live in the purpose in which God created and that we all know that he was made for. We were made for his purpose. Oh, good, good, good. Now, t tell me a little bit about your Christian experience in in, in Colombia, uh, which I think is probably a little different than our experience here in China. Well, I'd say that what is in that, you know, a lot of our experience has something to do with our history and what's taken place um, globally for any culture that affects their uh, world experience or their worldview and their Christian view. And so a lot of the things that I've noticed in Colombia, um, like a lot of Central and South American uh, countries, they were heavily influenced by, um, you know, by the 16th and 17th century uh, uh, European Catholicism movement that reached out through uh, through missionary, being a missionary, everything else, to the ex explorations and so forth, where their native, whatever they did natively, leaned towards um, the church, the Catholic church. And so the history of a lot of people, my experience I've noticed is people are open to God no matter what it means, because, of course, like any gener any generation, many forgot and don't serve God at the same level their ancestors did, it usually gets a little, it doesn't have to, but it does often get very much weaker. And so a lot of times they're just, there are people that were just hungry for God's principles, hungry for his word, hungry for having a, a, a better way of living. So it, it's, you know, that there is not only just hope um, here on this earth, but hope after hope, in spite of all the challenges they experienced, you know, in living in Colombia, we lived in the area where, you know, for the better part of two decades, Pablo Escobar and others who had uh, control over those areas left a lot of families destitute. And what we've learned is a lot of people lost hope. Um, there's an in, a huge, huge imbalance of women than men because of a lot of the men that were lost during uh, those days of between the military and the drug lord days and all that. And it's not like that now, of course. But what's happening now is 
there is generations that are born who didn't have some of the influence that they would have from a spiritual standpoint because of that that time period. So my experience is when sharing God's word in any community there, people were open and they would travel to come and hear that word, whether it's to your home or to a location where we'd have from a church building. Then my other experience is that there are a lot of uh, Americans who 25, 30 years ago, who migrated to different parts of Colombia in a call to start a church and start their families and grew, raised their entire family there. And some of them I met or have their grandkids there, but they have these churches there and they're, they speak Spanish fluently. They just grew and assimilated with that culture. And a few of the cases, they lived there longer than they did in the United States. Well, oh, which, which, by the way, uh, uh, how fluent are you in Spanish? Well, <laughs> I, I would say it's about as fluent as I am in English, but that's not good either. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the good thing I have in my favor is that er there are some things that are the same in every language, right? So yes. I can rest on that. I'm only okay. I'm not great, but I certainly, after living there, I can I can make transaction in a grocery store. I can travel, interact with my team. But when it comes to deep technical things, you know, being a guy that does a lot in technology, I'm not strong in things that are heavily, you know, heavily technical. And so I read and think in English and translate into Spanish. But uh, there are some things on a basic level I can begin to think when I'm there. Now, I haven't been there in a year and a half, two years. But when I was there, I began to think and function in Spanish, except for technical things. I always have to process complex things in English and then try and translate. So it gets very blurry for a guy like me. Now, my wife, who's fluent, who's, you know, born and raised there, and my children, two of my children are fluent, and one of them's like me, my youngest is like me, um, we can get by, you know. Um, pero a veces hablar con mis amigos, mis amigos similar like you, I can do it in Spanish with no, in no problem, but we better not take it technical. You know, <laughs> lots of details, whether it's legal, computer-wise, or anything else, because I'm going to flip-flop and I'm going to speak Spanglish at that point. <laughs> okay, I understand. I understand. I, I, I have a friend I um I, I, I laugh at sometimes, uh, is that uh, he speaks French, and, and uh, then he learned English, actually learned English after he got here to China. Wow, uh, which was interesting, and uh, and so he he preaches now. And one day he was preaching, and we all well we had a translator who translates. So you know he speaks in French. And the translator was speaking in English, and okay. then he, wow. he, he, he he got so caught up in the spirit that he switched and started speaking in in, in, in English, <laughs> <laughs> and the translator switched back to switching uh speaking in French. Back to French, <laughs> yeah. So oh, that's funny. Yeah, I always kid him wow. about that, but uh, but but. It, He's one of the people that uh you to be blessed with with this traveling thing is because again when he came to to China he didn't, he spoke very little in English I mean okay. he, he he was a French speaker that that's and uh but he learned English here because that's what people speak here as a foreign language is English not not many people speak French so he was forced to, to learn that and uh and learned it well in fact most people in Africa are very fluent in multiple languages because of, of that kind of a situation or experience.
I think much of our world is, Joe, my experience, even in Asia, some of my friends speak as many as 11 languages because there's multiple dialects in their country, but they also speak English. Even in Colombia, um, English is very much spoken, of course, um, uh, for the generations that are like 35 and under, very common. And for people that are older, like at my age, you know, pushing 60, you know, that type of thing, yeah. um, they may struggle a little bit with their English or a lot. But it's very common where the world's going. There, there's a English language has become very dominant in use because most of the world's creations developments over the last 50 years have been from America and or Europe. And so much of how the, these things function, they had to, companies and individuals had to learn English in order to operate them. So it's it's a no brainer that much of the world now. The derivatives is their children's children are now thinking and working in Spanish because of YouTube, because of, you know, Google, Amazon, so many things requires that baseline understanding of the American culture or Western culture. Uh, you, you're exactly right there. So tell me, uh, we have a lot of young people who are in our church. In fact, our church is primarily young people. Uh, what... Um, uh, advice. Before you ask that, I'm not young, so be careful what you ask, because I'm an old boy, so <laughs> I'm, I think I'm older than you, so be careful. Well, well I, I asked you because you've been through it. So Okay, okay. <laughs> okay. What, what what advice do you offer young people? Uh, and let, let's talk first uh, 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 secular, uh, like, in, like in choosing uh, an occupation or choosing you know, their, their, their work, and then second, uh, advice relative to their spiritual life i i honestly don't think they're separated so i can answer that question i think that i'm going to give you my, my my feedback is that god gives all mankind strengths and skills and whatever vocations are used it should not be based this is just i'm just giving you where i feel this is what i do with my children my family um your skill, your your skill sets or your talents from birth should line up with some skill sets that you gathered in your primary years, even when you don't know what they are. When you decide to choose a vocation, it should be something in which you can rest and live your purpose. If you go outside of what God's given you for that vocation, you lean towards only what man gives you. It can crumble. It often will crumble and you're left feeling you're nowhere. And we know that suicides or rates are up hot more than they've ever been for almost all age classes. And there's a certain emptiness that happens when we go outside what God's design. So I like to tell people to go back, go backwards, look inside and see what things in life were natural for you. Don't even think about money and jobs yet. Just what was natural. Just you, you'll find that some kids will say, you know what? I don't know why. I mean, when it came to tying my shoe, I was just really good at it. I didn't even have to try it more than once. I just learned it quickly. Boom. There are some kids, it may have taken two or three weeks, lots of trying, just couldn't get it. We all have things like that. Some kids can just, they know the syntax of, of words in, 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 in language. So they they're great in English. They did Spelling was never a problem. Other kids, it was a challenge. And you have those who are good with numbers. Then you have some that's great with dexterity. You know, I'm not really good at school, but I'm really good. I can play these video games, and I can get to the top of any one. I understand the patterns within them. Well, I believe we should find out what things we have from the crib that we know that came from God. And that's going to always attract us towards those areas which we can gain skills. That doesn't mean you won't get skills in other things, but you can get skills 
that will complement those strengths God gave you. And that's where we should lean in and, and of course, go down the road, which is going to lead us towards that, because that's what you were prepared for. Oftentimes, we have skills in some things and we love it and we're good at it, right? And then we are told, hey, right now the world needs nurses. You want to make a lot of money, get some nurses. Now, you know you are, you're, you're somehow you're just great with the gift of administration or you are really good at sharing compelling language. So you might make a great educator or something else. And then you chase the money. By the time you get through your four years of college and maybe a residency or something, what you find out oftentimes the world shifted. Now they don't need nurses anymore. They're actually, there's too many. Now that you need to become this. And so chasing vanity, I think there's a mistake in that. I really believe we should lean towards our, our talents and skills. And the money would take care of itself. I've learned that when you focus on the gifts that God gave you, you know, those gifts will make room for you and they will also provide for your family. I, I, I you know, I was a biology chemistry pre-med major, Joe, and I would have been good at it, right? Being a doctor, you know, I had the opportunity to get a primary care scholars, get in the primary care scholars program for Penn State. I didn't go. I ended up taking a job as a lab manager. I already had a wife and three kids and that type of thing. But I never have, I don't have, I don't have no regrets. I went out and became a manager at a hospital in Kansas City, Missouri. And I realized I'm really good at managing. Oh my gosh, I'm a good lead. I'm really good at being a boss. And before you know it, all kinds of doors opened that I could be in a position to open my own business by the time, you know, um, within a few years of that. And what I did learn is the Lord opened up greater doors for me than if I would have gone chasing down a vocation. I lean towards my skills and my gifts. I lean towards those things. So I advise young people, don't get caught up in it. If you're good at art, art, if you're good at painting and sculpture and music and acting or whatever it is in the arts, lean on it. See what the Lord might have for you. I don't believe you should do it based on where the world. If you're, think about it, Joe. If you're 13 years old and you would love art, but your pastor, your parents, your uncle, everybody's telling you, look, you're going to starve to death if you get into art. Nah, that's not what the Lord said. Come on, man. The one thing that we know that held over time is art. Leonardo da Vinci was an artist, right? A mathematician and a philosopher. The You think about this. The Lord's Supper, just the mathematical grid, because he was great at math. It took seven years for him just to complete the mathematical grid before he ever put paint on the canvas. So we could lean in these things. Instead of trying to map it out and think we have all the understanding ourselves, lean and rest into what God has given you. Then you can have vision. Then you can be given, have some vision for things. When you're in an area that's not for you, no wonder you're like fumbling in the dark. So I encourage young people, be yourself. Go for it. Go for it. And sometimes you have to have that talk with your parents. You have to say, uh, I love and respect what you're saying, mom and dad, but I'm, I'm really good at this. I believe the Lord has this for me. I'm going to keep pushing in it. I love you guys, but I have, I have to live that life. Have the talk if you must. That's what men and women do who are going to be game changers and part of the changes for our world to make it a better place. Did I give you too long of an answer, Joe? No, no, no. Good. I mean, I, you know, again, this podcast is designed for young people primarily. Uh, okay. So any advice that they hear from anyone, they, they try to soak it in. Okay. Uh, so uh, well, so good. that's good. So my young people, if you're listening to this, you go for it. If in fact you think that maybe you can't because women don't do that yet in the world, go for it. 
there, look, break the threshold. If you believe because of your background and your culture, or maybe an accent in the very language that you speak, it doesn't matter. You go for it. You will rise to the top if you lean into the areas in which God has given you strength and appetite, and you've earned and you work to, to grow and in, uh, in, in establish a skill in that area, you can't lose. It's only what man gives you that will rust out and also be null and void over time. But the stuff God gives you, you can take it to the grave and your dreams don't have to die within you. Much of the generation before you, unfortunately, the last two generations before you, millennials, oftentimes a person lives an entire life and they die with their dreams in them and they give the best of themselves for 30 to 40 years to a company that would eventually lay them off and fire them before they could actually retire. And some of them, they do retire in it, but they have all these great things they wish they would have done. It doesn't have to happen for you. Begin with the strengths that God's given you from birth, lean and rest into that and acquire some skill sets that complement it and the sky's the limit. There you go, Joe. Amen, amen. Uh, I, I think that when uh, when I talk to young people, I try to 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 suggest very similarly to to, to your thought pattern there, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it's 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 an interesting opportunity for young people to decide what they're going to do for the remainder of their life, and and uh and and when I talk to them, I, I remind them that most people end up working in a job that they didn't even go to school for. And uh, and that's that's an interesting kind of a, a concept that you you think you want to do something when you're a freshman, and by the time you become a senior, uh, you want to do something differently, but you've already invested four years. Well, into, you know, Joe. Part of the challenge with that is in the Western cultures, we have most things bass backwards, and we take upon a child who's not even lived been alive for two decades, and we tell them to decide what the next 60 years are going to look like. They didn't have enough background. Sometimes they're fortunate enough to find that way, but it's a rare thing. So oftentimes you'll find good 75 or 80% of the people who decide, okay, I'm going to college for this within the first year or two, they've already changed what they're going to be. Then they go ahead and get that new degree. And then when they find, when they have time they're done and they go to work, right? They got a, a college degree and they're waiting tables. Then they decide, hey, somebody's offering a job. Before you know it, they're working an entirely different vaca- vocation. Well, in order to study under Socrates or Plato, they wouldn't even take into your 33. You see, I had the great fortune for myself. I didn't go to college until I was in my 30s and I didn't graduate until I was 40, right? I had experience to go with that knowledge. When a kid comes in at 18, the majority of kids will go and look for a grade. And I could tell these kids something that I don't know if people tell them at all, but your parents, the schools, everybody tells you to focus on the grade. So you leave with good grades and you don't know much. The one thing that happens when you go as a non-traditional student, when you go as an older person, or if you are trained to do it as a younger person, if you go to learn, you can. You, it'll take you so much further. It pays you better. It makes you more equipped for the world. And what's really powerful is it's not as depressing. It's very depressing to know that you about killed yourself for a grade that no one ever asked you what you got. So I can tell you with all the years of college that I've had in my undergrad and my postgrad, no one's ever said, so before we before we get this contract with you, what were your what was your grade in physics one and two or calculus, 
right? I mean, I could tell them, but the point is the grade didn't matter. I was fortunate enough to already have a wife and three kids when I went to school. I just wanted to know how it all worked. All right. And then when I take that, I can, a lot of the equations are very fresh in my head of how to work through this stuff. So my encouragement to these young people is you better stop looking at the grades. You better think about your future. What can you learn that will open the door for you and feed generations because of the newfound knowledge that you learn? Forget the grade. The grade will take care of itself. Just do work on understanding what it is you're learning. The idea of learning to get through something to say you got an A in it is so foolish. I know that's Western thinking. I know they've got kids ready to kill themselves over the fact that they got a B minus when they were expecting an A and their parents hate them or something. Get over it. Get ready for a world that will embrace you. And if you didn't know it, I can give you some insight. And young people, I want you to get this. I want you to think you should get good grades. Work hard to do your best. But it's not about the grades. It's about you being the best. And when you put your ladder on that wall, you won't be as disappointed when you find out the majority of the A students work for the C students. C students focused on survival and getting there. And oftentimes they're more prepared for reality outside the textbook. So you want to have both. You want to be prepared and get grades. The best way to do it, learn your craft. All right, Joe. Uh, you know, I'll ramble if you don't cut me off. <laughs> no, no, I, 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 I'm listening. I'm learning. I'm enjoying okay. And I'm sure uh, that everyone who's listening will uh, join it as well. All right. Uh, okay. The, 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 for our young people, there are two major questions, and one we've, we've hit on, which is, what am I going to do uh, after I graduate? Uh, where am I going to live? Those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the second one is, how do I find a wife? How do I find a husband? You know, um, because for, as for most people, that's fairly important when you are 21, 22, 23 years old and hitting the world. Uh, now we're going to spend some more time talking about that on, on a on a different podcast, and uh, and while I'm thinking about it, I want to invite you and your wife to come on together, sure, and, 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 and well, talk about about that. Um, so I don't want to I don't want you to well, spill. I have a too brief answer for you though, if it helps. I have a brief response to that anyway, but just just as an FYI, just saying. Okay, I, I, I want a brief response, but don't give me too much because right, I want people to come back and hear. You know, okay, uh, you right know, on. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of like giving us a teaser. <laughs> a teaser, baby. It's okay. a brief teaser. Yes. Um, the other things that I mentioned take care of that. You see, finding the right person will require you to be the right person. So focus on you, build you, build yourself, grow, work harder on yourself than you do in your job and work harder on yourself than you do in your grades. And the right person will appear. You'll attract a, qual a quality person that you will actually... Um, there will be a perfect compliment for you. I don't believe that you go out and chasing that down uh, between bar rooms and dances. I think that being who you are, you'll shine. And that's the one thing that happens when we rest in what God has created us to be. You have a light and that light will attract that person, that future spouse, that future mate. And uh, trying to get there before yourself to have yourself together is what we're guilty of in the West. We're guilty of just go out and find one. And what happened was, unfortunately, a lot of broken homes because we did that. But when you work on yourselves, the other person will be the byproduct. Just like jobs, employment, and or starting your own business, all those things will occur as you work on yourself. There you go, Joe. That was short. Okay. <laughs> but I, I, but, uh, but seriously, I, I do want to do a, a, a series. I have a friend of mine who lives in Georgia. Uh, mm -hmm. he, he and his, his wife, he's a pastor. He and his okay. wife have a ministry while we're married to counseling. 
You know, they, wow, they, they we don't a do lot that. of time. No. <laughs> we don't do we that. counsel ourselves. We ain't doing that. Good for him. <laughs> uh, God bless him. No, but we did just two days ago. We had our 35th wedding anniversary, bro. Amen. Was, Amen. Yeah, on the ninth. Yeah, two three days ago. Yeah. Amen. Amen. All right. So I um, you know, so I, I just want to schedule you in for a, a different time to talk about that. Um, yeah, you get give me a little time to like I gotta go get the courage up to ask her because she don't like this kind of stuff that much, but I'm certainly gonna ask her <laughs> and get her on here. Well, Ooh. yeah, please, please, please ask her. Yeah. Plead for me. All right. I'm hey, look, I yeah. got it. I'm gonna let her know. But you know, but interesting enough that there is a a um a, a, a kind of uh I don't know what to call it now. I can't think of the word, but in, in China it says that when the student is ready. The teacher will appear. Teacher will appear. Yes, sir. Right, and yes, so sir. I think the same thing. What you just said is that when the, when the husband is ready, the wife will appear. <laughs> yes, sir. But I, I think that that is the that is see a lot of people think of what God has done for us more like a good luck charm. Like, man, I got to go pray this weekend to see so the Lord help me with my test. That's not the way God did it. God puts the laws of sowing and reaping in the way our very the physics of our world works. So I don't have to like, oh, go all of a sudden go have an all night prayer for my exam. The Lord told me I'm going to reap what I sow. I better go do some study and get to it <laughs> so I can pass the exam. Right. I yes. don't have to pray for that. I don't have to. You know what I mean? So some things we we have responsibility to do. So if I work on myself, I don't got to worry about chasing someone down to deceive them into wanting to marry a guy that's, that's an imposter. I can become what I ought to be. And each person listening, a young woman or young man can do that. And so I think we, there's a lot of things God, one of the gifts he's given us is there are byproducts in being obedient to his word. There are byproducts by being faithful and, uh, and, and even trusting in his word. And so some of those byproducts are the result, the outcome, yes. you know? And so that's that's really there. So I think that aiming at sometimes aiming at stuff like that, it's almost like somebody says, oh, I just want to be I want to be rich. And there's no substance to it. That's, that doesn't make sense. If you you know, if you want to generate an income, maybe gather some skills that are valuable to the marketplace and the outcome will be becoming rich. But to aim at it doesn't. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just, that's what I think of like about, oh, I got to find her. I want to find a nice hot wife who's got uh, this kind of skin and this kind of a body. That's very shallow. But if you're looking to share your life with someone who's going in the same direction you're going in, right, with the love of God and building a foundation for children together, when you start becoming the kind of person worthy of that, you will attract it. Amen. Amen. Yeah, I was going to say, let me get an amen up in here. No. <laughs> <laughs> amen. Yes, sir. Uh, uh, one last thing here quickly before we, before we end up here today is yeah. uh, what, what do you think is the the biggest challenge for young people today in a world of, of full of challenges? <clears throat> um, I, I want to say, I call it misdirection. You know, one of the beauties of childhood was it, there was a time when you could do just that. You can be a child and have a lot of make-believe to give your mind, let your mind practice on, on things. We, we had that ability to that, do that. Now I think one of the greatest challenges is this whole misdirection. We have, you know, when I was in second, third, fourth, fifth grade, right? Uh, the girls wore saddle shoes and pigtails. The boys loved to play with 
army men or fast cars and all that. Now there's a misdirection. The kids are taught to taught to think about sexual preference and and what they call it uh, gender identity and things that would now in any other area of life it doesn't even make sense. That's like talking to a first grader and one would think about you know what kind of driver they're going to be. Right? You don't have a license. You have no concept of life and death when a two ton vehicle hits another person. You don't put that in their mind. I think kid young people in order to be um, proficient. Uh, replicating adults who can replicate in their own families what they want to, you know, what type of world they want to to, to live in. I think it's important when you're a child to get a chance to be a child when possible. Be a young person, be a young teenager. But the idea that now that everything within the cartoons, everything within the movies, everything within TV commercials, everything in in the world's view of things, everything's about sexuality, which is not really, not first of all, it's not even real. Um, the second part is the all parts of life. Solomon even told us, I mean, all that stuff's vanity for starters. It's important within the confines which God's given it to us. Um, so I think children should be children so they can have a mind for it when they're an adult, get it out of their system. And certainly it's a lot easier to love the sinner Instead of having hate on people who are different than you, having hate on people uh, or feeling like you're superior over someone because they got caught up in a drug addiction or whatever it may be. I found that when you allow children to be children long enough, when it's time to be a grown up, it's easier for them to do. So my encouragement would be the greatest challenge is the mister. Don't get misdirected. Don't let some friends make fun of you because you you're a nine year old. and You like to play with dolls. And they want you to put makeup on and wear, you know, and be sexy. You can, it's okay to be a young person. And I know, I mean, we're, young people aren't really listening necessarily, but I would tell parents the same thing. Allow your child to be a child. They have no idea unless you or your television sets put them in their head. Sexuality is not a natural thought for a child. The fact that there are second and third graders coming in now saying that they think they ought to be the other, the opposite and all that, it's not natural. Even whether a person, no matter what a person is, it doesn't come across the table. It's unnatural. So I think we ought to get back to that. Let's get rid of the misdirection. Be yourself. Work through it. Seek answers. But the great challenge is the misdirection of life. All the things that are not important that you focus on are the thing that make you want to take your own life before you ever hit the age of 20. So focus on the things you ought to. If you're a young person, be young. If you're a 15-year-old, it's okay to be 15. You don't have to worry about how many people of the opposite sex you're going to sleep with. You don't have to think about what happens. I got, I got to try this acid. You don't have to put any of that stuff in your head. You can get back to basics. So you can be whole by the time you do find that person or your future, your match, that husband or that wife. You'll be ready for it. Amen. Amen. Thank you so very much. I really appreciate your time today, Dwayne. Uh, Thank you for having been, me, Joe. Anytime, great man. You know you, my buddy. Yeah. Yes, sir. You gonna uh, give me an invite to China or or what? Yeah, you uh, know the commercial. The, the the key is on the outside of the door. Okay, <laughs> my man. I love it. Okay, yeah. I like that. I never heard it before, but I'm gonna use it. Yes, sir. <laughs> well, the key is on the, the outside of the door. I forget who. Some I forget who did that commercial. What what what, what one of the one of the hotels did that commercial, if I remember correctly. 
But it was might have. I just don't know. It. I'm gonna look it up. That's something <laughs> I've heard. I, I gotta start using that one. I love. I love good phrases. Oh, you know what I say, hey bro. You know one thing I I think that helps shape a child's uh, direction is uh, when you find you have a general idea of what you love in life, what you like to do. I read biographies. Find out about people who even in an entirely different century, who had your same skills and your abilities, find out what they did to make their life fruitful. Read biographies, find out what other people do. Read, reading is, I mean, I know it's not done much anymore with all this technology. Oh, but read, learn how to grow your mind. One of the fastest ways to grow yourself. And so I do encourage that, bro. And maybe when they're reading, they can find out who actually said the keys on the outside of the door. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> all righty. Again, thank right. you so very much. I do appreciate it. I, I was, let's stay in touch. Uh, let me know when your wife decides she's ready to, to, to come on the podcast. Mm -hmm. and, uh, because, again, that's something that these young people, are, you know, the relations, they, that's, you know, that's the two things that when I ask questions, we have sermons, you know, we talk about love and I'm talking yeah. about agape love and it always mm -hmm. switches to love between boy and girl, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, so. Oh, uh, yeah. so let, let, let's talk about it. Uh, I'll talk day. to her. You know, she's got me trained after these 35 years. I'm trained, man. I mean, I'm I'm not perfect, but I'm well trained. I ain't <laughs> getting out of line. I'm certainly going to walk up to her humbly and, and ask her if she could join me on a podcast. And then you could just send us dates once I get her to say yes. Okay. Right? Thank you All very right, much Joe. again. Be, Thanks be for having blessed. me, man. Uh, and and, you and uh, thank you again so very much. All right. I look forward to it, bro. Take care okay. of yourself. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Right. See you. Thanks for joining us on Janan ICF Love All podcast. New podcasts are scheduled each Monday and Wednesday. Make sure to visit our website, www.jananicf.com, where you can find weekly sermons and past podcasts. Please remember to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. While you're at it, if you found value in the show, We'd appreciate it if you'd simply tell a friend about the show. That would really help us out. If you like the show, you might want to email us at loveall at jananicf.com and request a free copy of our ebook, Gems for Daily Meditations, and sign up for our daily thoughts. See you next time. Blessings and love to all.